and may the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. This passage that we just talked about is what is commonly known as the transfiguration. Jesus takes Peter and James and John and goes up and he is transformed before them. I'm going to jump right now is where I'm about to leave the ranch. And I'm going to tell you a story that's a little bit humorous, but also a little bit whatever. Um, way back when I was probably about 18, 19, 20, I was in business with my best friend, and we ran a car dealership, a, a used car uh, dealership. And we sold cars, obviously. And somebody had to do uh, the notary work, the titles, and all that stuff, and it fell to me to be sure that was taken care of. Back in those days, I was single. I had not yet met uh, my wife. I knew of her, but I had not met her. And I took a pile of titles out to the Columbiana County Courthouse to get done. And what we would usually do, uh, many dealers would just send them and pick them up. I'd go out there and go get lunch and come back and pick them up. On this day, I wasn't going to do that. And I uh, went, handed them at the counter, and just sat down in a chair uh, to get them done. And there happened to be a, a young man, probably a little bit younger than me, sitting over here. And I struck up a conversation with him. Now before we go any further, I need to tell you that a really good friend of mine had set me up on a blind date. Okay? And it was that night. Now, it's pretty good that this many years later I can remember. But it was a Friday night when I was done with work. When I get cleaned up and we were going somewhere, I don't know where. But he had set me up with somebody I had never met before. So I all, all I knew about her was her name. We sat down, and there's this young man, and I struck up a conversation with him. What are you doing here? Well, as it turns out, he was uh, waiting to go into juvie court for something that he had done. I don't remember now what it was. And I said, oh, really? Where do you go to high school? And we're talking back and forth, everything that was going on. And... It happened that he was going to the high school uh, where this young lady that I had the blind date with was going to graduate from. And so just, you know, a shot in the dark, I said, oh, I said, well, I've got a date tonight with somebody that goes to that school. And I named her name. And he said, oh, yeah, I know her. She's pregnant. And <laughs> that's the humorous part. Um, that shocked me, <laughs> as you can imagine. And let me just say to you that I kind of wiggled out of that blind date. Have you ever been introduced to anybody and gotten a surprise? I mean, people will say things, whatever. Friday night, I got a surprise, and it was one of you. Friday night at the Night to Shine, Somebody here introduced me to somebody. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk, and I'm going to tell you who surprised me. Does anybody here have any clue who it was that surprised me when they introduced me to somebody? If, if you know that you surprised me, raise your hand. Okay. David, you surprised me. You did. <laughs> I, David did the karaoke. I've watched video of you, you know, of all these things that I've been posting. And brother, you got it. I mean, you, you know how to do that. You were excited. You knew how to do that. And I appreciated that. But when the whole event was over, 
he brought, uh, who was working with him down to me, and this is what you said. He said, this is my pastor, and he's pregnant. No, he didn't. <laughs> he said, this is my pastor. You don't know how that affected me. I... I suppose it would have affected me the same way with most of you if you would have introduced me to somebody and said, this is my pastor. You're probably sitting there today and you're saying to yourself, how could that be, Joel? You know, you, <laughs> you're the pastor of the church and, you know, we see you as perhaps maybe some of you are pastor. I look at you folks and nine times out of ten, I'm not going to say, this is Bill that goes to my church. I'm going to say, this is my friend, and then I'll name your name. Because that's how I see you. But when he said, this is my pastor, there was a load of responsibility that came with that word. I mean, it, it just suddenly said, oh, David identifies me as his pastor, but also he identifies with this church, but also he identifies with the people that we identify with. And the one I'm thinking of most right now is Jesus. But let's stop for a minute and try to put a bow on this. See, I understand where I'm at. Told you I would go off the ranch. David is here because somebody else said to him, or in some way spoke to him and said, why don't you come to church with me? Or you're invited to come to my church. Or why don't you come whatever. And I know who that was. And I'm not going to get into too many name calling here today. I'm just going to stop it right there and say that to you. But on the day that Jesus took Peter and James and John up on that mountain. And he was transfigured before them. He, he, he becomes, it says there was a cloud around them. And he becomes white. And there stands with him Moses and Elijah, and these other three are standing back here watching. God was introducing them to a truth. Peter speaks up, and if you listen to the text this morning, I could take you back and read it to you. I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you what it says. It says that Peter was afraid. In fact, it says all three of them were terrified. That's the word that's used here. They were scared to death. Peter doesn't know what to do, and it's very important to understand what Peter says. Peter says to Jesus, without thinking of, of what else he could say, he says to him, it's good for us to be here. We need to build a tabernacle or a, a, a place to commemorate this so that we remember and we can honor what happened here. Debbie took great pains this morning to say, to, to reiterate what I said, and that is that, you know, Friday night was perfect. And I'm trying all my can. I am so full of joy over Friday night, you won't believe it. I'm trying not to steal the thunder of what Diana will show you next week. So I'm, I'm not going to dwell on that, but I am so full right now. I couldn't get to sleep. I you know, it, it's, it was just so exciting what took place. Peter doesn't know what to do, and his instant reaction to seeing Jesus for who he really is. I mean, he looked, and there's Moses, and there's Elijah, and God speaking. Suddenly, the light bulb had to go on. This is God. God is introducing Peter and James and John to Jesus in a new way. 
Peter, instead of being excited about this revelation to him, he's terrified, and I want you to see what he wants to do. He wants to do something, doesn't he? Let's build something. <laughs> it's good for us to be here. Let's do something. Now, my good friend Ed, he will say to me, well, he used to say to me when we were much younger, but he would say to me, let's do something even if it's wrong. I can tell, I can tell who here, yeah. <laughs> Let's do something, even if it's wrong. Peter didn't know what to do, so he said, we got to do something. Do you know how many people in their relationship with Jesus believe, hear me on this, that their relationship is dependent upon what they do? Can I tell you something, God God appreciates what everybody did Friday night. He appreciates how Diana organized that. He appreciates those of you that came and drove limos. He appreciates those of you that came and served food, those that worked in respite, those that gave massages, those that did all those things, uh, and much, much more. Took a buddy along, uh, became a buddy of somebody. God will honor that service, but God doesn't need it. Remember, if we don't praise him, the rocks and the stones will cry out anyhow. And if Joel Atkins decides today that he doesn't want to serve him, it's not that God doesn't love me and, and he cares about me, but it is certain that he's God and I'm not. Peter couldn't deal with what was being revealed to him. It's real simple to say, this is my pastor. It's real simple to say, this is my friend. But it's something else to say, this is God. What do you do with that? And Peter's initial reaction is to build something. There's a passage I want to read to you, and it's about Jesus. It comes up in the Gospel of John. I'm actually going to read this one to you, and then I will tell you the other one I want to tell you. But it's very early in the ministry of Jesus. I want you to hear this. Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, who we know as Bartholomew. He found Nathanael and he said to him, we have found the one of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come, see. And Jesus when he saw Nathanael coming to him, and he said about him, this is an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus sees Nathanael coming. He's never met him before. And Jesus, as Nathanael is coming to him, he says, this is an Israelite in whom there's no guilt. And Nathanael says, how do you know me? Can I tell you something, church? You may have never met Jesus or seen Jesus the way that Peter, James, and John did. But God's trying to introduce you to Jesus. And Philip, on this day, says to his buddy Nathaniel, Hey, we found the one that we've been looking for. Moses wrote about him. You've got to come and see. And Nathaniel, as he's going, he's walking and he hears Jesus speak. And Jesus names exactly who Nathaniel is. He knows. He knows you. He knows you 
in ways that nobody else knows you. He knows your deepest and darkest secrets. I want you to think about this. He knows every hair on your head. <laughs> for some of us, for every hair that's no longer on our head. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And Jesus is trying to introduce himself to you in the matters of your life. He's trying to not just transform himself before you, he is trying to transform you. Because when you really get to know Jesus, when Nathaniel finally realizes, he hears him speaking, hey, he's talking about me, how does he know that? The answer is because he's God. The answer is by, what, by virtue of what was revealed to Peter, James, and John up on that hill. This, this is not just any man, this is something special, this is God's son. You know, one day, two chapters down from where we're at right now in John 2, Jesus goes out, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, he goes out and he sits down by a well. And that woman, that woman of Samaria, comes out at a time of day, because she, she had a history. <laughs> she, she had stuff in her past. But today... Can I tell you something that I love about Westbrook Park Church? And you don't even see it, but I love it. Most churches, and even this church, at one point in their history, well, it's all about appearances. Right? Put on the right clothes, put on the right this, put on the right that, wear the robe for the pastor, put the stole over your all those so everybody looks like church people are supposed to look right what i love about westbrook park church is about five years ago we said that we were intentionally going to not try to get people that were like us we were intentionally going to get try to get people that were normal <laughs> for lack of a better term <laughs> and you're doing it I had a church one time, and I loved the church, loved those people. But when I went there as their pastor, like the first Sunday I'm there, I drove this old Ford E-150 van. If you know anything about those old Ford E-150 vans, they rusted out across the doors on the back end, and mine was rusting out across the doors on the back end. And this guy comes and walks up to a window with me. They're having the reception for the new guy. That's me. You'd think they'd treat me nicely. And I'm looking out the window towards that van of mine, and he walks up to me and taps me on the shoulder, and he says, Pastor, if you're going to come to our church, we don't like our pastors having rusty cars like that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This woman goes out to the well. She's got not just a rusty car, she's got a rusty life. You know what I'm talking about? She's got a past. She's got something that caused the people to talk about. It was so bad that nobody, she, went, she could not go out when anybody else was there. She was the, she was that one in the community that just kept the gossip lines running. She goes out there that day, and there's Jesus. And basically what happens when she meets Jesus is Jesus lets her know that he already knows. And it's okay. He lets her know 
that he knows. And it's okay. You know what a wonderful <laughs> transformational event it is when you come to the realization that whatever is in my past, whatever I've done, whatever people know about me back here, God knows it and he's okay with it. In spite of where I've been and what I've done and who I've been with and the things that I've done that I'm not so proud of, he says, I love you anyway. And only God can do that. Only God can do that. Peter, this woman, she goes into town and that's her testimony. She goes to the town and she says, come out to the well. You got to see this man. He told me everything I've ever done. And you know what she was saying to that community? She was saying, this is my pastor. Are you with me? He sits down at tables where there's tax collectors. He hangs out with people like me out at the well. The town drunks. He goes out with them on Saturday night and enjoys his time with them. He doesn't necessarily do everything they do, but he loves who they are. Peter, up here on the Mount of Transfiguration, with James and John, they're looking on, and what they see is who God is, and instead of allowing themselves to learn more about him they immediately want to build something for him and that is so 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 churchy we got to do right I mean if I just do enough God will take me if I just go one more mile if I just do one more event if I just do one more thing for him that'll put the scales in my favor right wrong See, Peter says, I want to build something. You've got to pay attention to what happened in that scripture. It's so very important. Rabbi, Peter says, it's good that we're here. We'll make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And, and in fact, the scripture says he said this because he was so afraid he didn't know what to say. And this cloud comes down in front of them. And God speaks. And God says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now, just so you know what I see here. Hold on to those words, but I want, I want you to see what I see here. God said, this is your pastor. Are you with me? But he said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And church, right here is the, the bottom line for the message today. And I know I haven't moved a slide this whole message. I told you I was going off the ranch. And here I am. <laughs> Here's what I want you to see. While Peter wants to do something, God says the best thing you can do right now is not to build a tent or a tabernacle. The best thing you can do is understand who you're talking to. This is my son, my one and only son. He's beloved by me. Listen to him. Listen to him. Friends, you will never learn who God is by doing for him. You can only learn who God is 
by listening to him. He'll speak. He'll speak. God speaks out of that cloud and suddenly Moses is gone. Get that out of the way. Elijah's gone. Isn't that so, so strange? Moses that represented the law. This is so churchy. All the do's and don'ts. See what I'm saying to you? The Ten Commandments. All those do's and don'ts that were given to us in the law. There's Moses and he represents that. You got to understand that it disappears with Jesus. There's Elijah, the Old Testament prophets, you know, and he disappears and all you're left with is Jesus, God's son. And God speaks and he says, this is my beloved son, listen to him, get to know him. Don't worry about doing because you're getting your cart ahead of the horse. Learn about him. And if you really seek to learn about Jesus, I hope you know what you'll find. Because what you'll find is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever lives and believes in him will never perish but will have eternal life. Because God didn't send his son into the world to condemn us like the Old Testament prophets. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn us like the law. God sent his son into the world so that all the world might be saved through him. Hear that song we sang this morning? Our God saves. That's God's speciality. And when you get all that other stuff out of the way, the law, Moses, Elijah, <laughs> and our desire to do, you will see he's already done it all. Amen. If you don't know Jesus today, you really need to. You really need to. Because what your, your world will tell you is, is that you're never going to make it. You're never good enough. Your world will tell you that try as you might, God wouldn't make this world this way. If he was really a loving God, the world will tell you that God is not even there. He doesn't exist. And therefore, because he doesn't exist, you don't matter. You know what God says? God says, if you were the only person that existed, you are more valuable to me than anything else in the world. And if you were the only person that existed, I would come and die on that cross all over again. So you might one day find out who I am. I'm God's beloved son. When you find that out, you will listen to him. God says, you're his. Let's sing together. If you want to stand, feel free to stand. Who does God say we are?